yeah. if you have any questions, just let me know about like you know how everything goes and everything. And always happy to answer. Yeah, we we try to yeah, keep so. things we keep things pretty relaxed. There's no real talking order. I mean, people Pete will ask people for their opinions, but I mean, if you if you have something that you you have to say, feel free to interrupt anybody at any time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to think of our of our uh, of our little show here as controlled chaos. Yeah, is- that, that's actually that's pretty that's pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you've consumed it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. I'm your host, Space and Pete. Uh, alongside always is Mr. Casey Franco. Whoa, crazy. Use your imagination for that music because it's playing right now in real life. <laughs> Listeners can hear it. We cannot. Uh, so imagine it. Imagine it. Doesn't it sound amazing? <laughs> Thank you for the, the zen there, Casey. Oh, you're welcome. Appreciate yeah, anytime. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Matt is not here today with us, but we do have a couple of guests. Uh, one who's been here uh, a couple times before um, in... Oh, excuse me. Um, that's what I get for eating a burrito before the podcast. What are you doing, uh, man? What are you doing, man? <laughs> energy drink and a burrito before energy the podcast? Energy drink and a burrito. What kind is... of crazy person are you? What kind that's of the... crazy, insane person does something like that? That's the Casey diet. That's your diet. I have no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> I don't appreciate you lying to our listeners like that. <laughs> uh, I'm totally not lying to everybody. That's, I've seen the man do it in front of or me. Or is he lying right now? That is the question. <laughs> hey, who else is on the show today? <laughs> Uh, like I was saying, uh, back from MoviePilot.com, Miss Rose Moore. Hello, everyone. And making his uh, scene and nerd uh, voice debut, uh, John from Friday Night Fandom. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Uh, so we're going to we, – we don't – you know, like we always do here, it's, it's the Matt redactions. But there's no Matt, so there's no redactions. So. <laughs> yep, so we were perfect. <laughs> so we were absolutely perfect. flawless. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to the movies out this week. Uh, a couple of them. Uh, Tomorrowland, that's sitting at 50% on the tomato meter. And then we have Poltergeist sitting at 50% on the tomato meter. So, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of like go see it if you want to. I'm I'm not actually a big fan of horror remakes, so I don't know what to expect of uh, of Poltergeist. But I will say that... When I saw the Avengers, uh, when I saw Age of Ultron, I saw it in IMAX. I got to see like, like a good ten minutes of uh, footage from Tomorrowland, and it looked pretty awesome. So um, I think I might go try and check it out. So uh, we'll see if one of those two movies can knock Pitch Perfect off the top spot. Because I will say that I'm, I'm I'm actually a bit surprised that it it took down Age of Ultron and it passed Mad Max for the top box office spot. That was yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, on Blu-ray, we got American Sniper and Hot Tub Time Machine 2. So two very different movies. So you, you have your choices there, uh, you know, uh, depending on what you want to see. So uh, we're going to just jump right into Casey's Rundown. Whoa, hey oh, it's the entertainment. I would have had my dog bark there, but she's, uh, she's way too tame right now. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh <laughs> 
For those fans of BoJack Horseman, uh, new episodes are going to be showing up July 17th. Uh, I'm definitely a fan. I'm judging from your, your silence that speaks volumes that none of you have seen it. Uh, I, would I highly... actually like it. I think okay, it's awesome. funny. It's, it's a really, really, it took me a little while to get used to, but it actually turned out to be one of the more cleverly written uh, animated series that I've seen. I don't know if Will Arnett has any doing in that, but his, his voice is, is perfection. Yeah, I find it, I just find it hilarious, and it's very light, it's very much something that I'm not, like, desperately watching the episodes as they come out or whatever. It's something that I'm sitting, you know, late at night and just going, oh, BoJack, I could watch that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next up, it's been confirmed that David Lynch will indeed direct the Twin Peaks revival after all. This is coming out of The Verge. So first they said no, then they say yes. Yes, first they said no, and they said yes, and David Lynch is back. So we, all can, right. all, we can all rejoice there. Now, uh, for fans of science and science-related activities, or dudes named Bill, uh, <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy, <laughs> Bill Nye is now on Netflix, and you can watch all of his episodes, I believe. Uh, there's a, a roughly 30 of them, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, those are on Netflix. Go watch them. Learn a thing or two. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I think that's going to do it for the entertainment. <laughs> uh, sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. Use your imagination. Whatever. Awesome. Thanks, Case. Short and sweet this week. I like yeah, it. Yeah, keeping it, keeping it concise. There we go. I'll think uh, of I'll, I'm sure I'll think of I'll, I'll something. Don't worry. <laughs> right in the middle of, of us talking about Game of Thrones, you're just going to be like, so, oh, next, yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, wait, well, no, there uh, actually, wait, wait, hold on. There is actually oh. one more thing. I heard that uh, I heard that Carlton from, uh, from uh, oh, what was it? Fresh the, Prince. Yeah, from Fresh Prince was gonna be, <laughs> is going to be the new host of America's Funniest Home Videos. So. Really? Oh, yeah. God, that's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, I can't find that article, so I don't know his actual name. Forgive me. Uh, uh, imagine me doing the Carlton dance. That should be apology enough. And uh, and with that, uh, that's going to do it for the entertainment, whatever. Oh, you know, I totally forgot his name. That's going to bug me his now. His name yeah. is Alfonso Ribeiro, according to uh, IMDb. There it is. That man. America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, side note, did you uh, – Zach from Saved by the Bell was his best man in in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting! Oh my god, that's adorable. Yeah, I had no idea they were like really good friends outside of their, you know. I'm guess you know I, I know actors know each other, but I guess they're like really good friends. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so okay, so moving on to TV talk, uh, you know, just to let you know, programming note: we did a special Flash recap mini so mini so, which was. I don't know, like what two hours long, oh, but thereabouts. <laughs> it was super long, but it was super worth it because uh, it was so much fun talking about it. So we won't be talking about it here, but uh, you will be able to be able to catch that. That will be downloadable very, very soon. Um, so we're actually going to get into a few other shows this week. Uh, you know, it's the summer. It's it's we're coming up on summer TV, and uh, it's it's the time when episodes are cut down to maybe ten. 12 episodes uh, to make it through to the fall. So we're going to, uh, but we're going to actually rewind it a little bit and go to Gotham here. Now, I didn't finish Gotham. I have two episodes left, but I, I heard it got a little crazy and, and Rose was going to talk, talk about it a little bit with us. And um, John, you watched Gotham, right? Yes. 
yeah, so we can we can get some uh, we can definitely get some uh, good feedback here about the show. Rose, what did you think of the first season and and how everything ended? And it's okay if you spoil it for us. Okay, spoilers are okay. That's good. Um, I actually I loved it. I sort of expected to, and I know that a lot of people felt a bit disappointed. I still think that most of the people who are disappointed are disappointed because they thought it was going to be Batman when it was very clear from the beginning that this was a police show about Gotham. Um, but I I absolutely loved it. Fish Mooney like just stole the show for me. She's absolutely incredible, and especially I mean her whole her whole arc with the doll maker and popping her own eyeball out. Oh my God. She's just insane. And I don't think she's dead. I know in the finale that she uh, was tossed off a building into the water, I believe. I think it's been a few weeks. Um, And I, I love it. And I don't think she's dead yet. I think I generally think that in, in TV shows like that, if someone gets thrown off a building into water, they're not dead. It's like Aragorn. They're never dead unless you see their body smashed on the rocks. Yeah, I think I think we could all agree that off-screen deaths are actually not deaths. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, John, what uh, I know you you said you weren't too happy. You're a big Batman guy, but you weren't too happy with with, uh, with this first season of Gotham, right? Yeah. It, it, oh man, pretty much everything that Rose said, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> um, are we gonna have I, another Andy Rose situation? Yeah, I, I knew it's right just off me, the bat. Isn't it? God. <laughs> I I knew right off the bat that it wasn't gonna be about Bruce or you know his about him getting to become Batman. I knew I knew that going in, so I tried to enjoy it for what it was. I even tried convincing myself that it was an Elseworld story and just to take it for what it was, but. Yeah, it just did it. I was never able to get into it. There, it had its moments, but all in all, I mean, it, it felt pretty low. It fell pretty low, probably as low as Constantine did for me this year. Hopefully, it gets better in the second season. I think they kind of, um, I felt like I was being drowned with all the characters they were throwing on you, and I didn't really like that. Um, you said that you have two episodes to go before you finish it. Yeah, I watched one last night, and I have two left, and that's and then I'll be done with I'll okay for season. Just watch the next one, and don't even bother with the last one. Oh, really? Watch, watch the last one. Watch the last one <laughs> if only for Enigma, because while they did have so many characters going on, they definitely this was like Penguin's season, and the others were largely background. And I just know I've been saying it for weeks and weeks. Season two is going to be Ed Nigma's season, and the way he goes, he starts to go super dark, and the end is amazing. And the last, the, the finale, I won't completely spoil it for you, but you get his moment in it that was just so good. That, and I was yeah, sitting that, there going, "Oh, that's he's becoming Riddler. I love it." Yeah, that was one of the moments that did it for me because the, the Riddler is one of my favorite characters, favorite villains. So. If they decide to go Riddler for season two, I'll you know I'll stick around and look forward to it. But I waste so much time watching TV. I think from now on it's just going to be two or three, and if I'm not hooked, I'm out. So I'll give Gotham another chance. But as far as the first season, I was pretty disappointed. Although I I did like um, what's his name Ben McKenzie, right? His portrayal of James Gordon, and I also like. Um, I think his name is Donald Logue, right? I don't yeah, know how you yeah. pronounce Donald his last Logue. name. 
as Bullock. Yep. I really they were probably my two favorite characters that I enjoyed the most. Which um, is good because they're the main ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as that season finale went, I thought that um, the way they wrapped things up in the 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 episode before with the serial killer, I thought that mm-hmm. that would have been the perfect finale. I think the last episode was kind of just. I love the ogre. The whole serial killer ogre part is was so cool. And I love one thing that I really like about it is getting this whole other side of Barbara Gordon, um, who's like who's not quite Barbara Gordon yet, but like getting real backstory and making her this really interesting. She's got like drug and alcohol issues. She's got these weird quasi cheating moments. She's now going into this super dark, jealous, twisted, weird place, and I love it. It is so good. It's, yeah. The, it's, okay. Oh. No, I was just gonna say that you know I I did watch the third of the last episode, and um and I got to see Enigma uh, kill a guy, the the cop, and that yeah. was like that was so crazy. But I mean, he he's definitely I, I you know I'm definitely even more looking forward to watching how um you know, uh, his characters handled with these last two episodes. But I, I've always viewed him as going to the dark side with, you know, an, uh, becoming the Riddler. And and you can see it kind of slowly unraveling as the season's gone on. And to me, he's been like, I, I hope that, like, like Rose said, like this was the Penguin season. And it'd be cool if the Riddler's season was next season. Um, and and I think that the actor who plays him is is really good. Like I really enjoy like the guy who's playing uh, Edward Nigma. I really like the little hints he's giving as to you know who we we know he becomes. Uh, so I so <coughs> so just getting to that point in this last episode before I get to the last two um, was 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 really cool and, and very dark to see. But uh, pretty much what I what I was hoping to see out of uh, out of him as the season was winding down. Um, now I, I can't speak to it, but uh, John, what did you? How do you think they've handled a young Bruce and Selena? Um, I don't know. If, if I think, from what I read initially, the character of Bruce was only supposed to be in uh, the first couple of episodes, and the way it kind of played out, I think that that's how they should have kept it. I didn't. Re- he didn't really do anything for me. I didn't think he was that good. I didn't really care too much for Selena either. I think that um, if they were going to go with uh, focusing more on on Gordon, I think that's what they should have done. I didn't really care for the two younger characters at all. Uh, did I did, feel- however, like Alfred a lot. How did you feel about Bruce when he went and did the whole standing up to the company moment? When he went in and everyone sort of thought he was adorable and he was just going to like come and tour daddy's business. And then he basically said, I'm going to try to take you all down. I thought that was really cool. That made me happy. Yeah, that, that was cool. Um, I thought it was kind of cool how he got, he got Selena to help him steal the key from one of the board members. I thought that was pretty Catwoman-like of her. But, I mean, they were kind of like the rest of the show. There was hit or miss moments with them. I don't like that. That Bruce was, um, I don't like that he seemed like he was always crying about something. <laughs> um, so, uh, Amy, what do you think of how they're introducing these these characters, such as, you know, uh, Poison Ivy? We, we kind of saw, we kind of saw, um, uh, who was it, Jonathan Crane a little bit. 
then they teased the Joker. Then it probably wasn't the Joker. It's just some kid in a carnival. Uh, what, what do you think of them throwing these little these little hints? Uh, uh, Wait, do you guys think that kid was the Joker? Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I honestly, I don't think he was. I think it was too easy if it was the Joker. Yeah, that's what I, I think also. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think they, the way they inter, I think the way they're they're going to introduce the Joker, and I think they've already announced that they are going to introduce a mixture, which pretty much says that that probably wasn't the Joker. Um, it's going to be a lot different, and it's going to be something that makes sense. I, like I said, I think that the kid was way, it was way too easy to, you know, he had the humongous grin on his face and. And just the character, his his character switch was just too easy to me. Uh, what do you think, Rose? I I kind of agree, and I know that from the beginning, the writers and the producers said that they were intentionally dropping in several potential and different Jokers, and not revealing sort of which one was going to become him or if any of them were. So I just don't think it's as simple as like, here he is, there's the Joker. You know, wipe your hands, yeah. we're done. I I thought that he was in the first episode. I don't know if you remember this far back. The comedian? But yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was him. But then I started thinking about it. And as far as, okay, there's, in the comic books, trying to find an origin for the Joker, it's kind of like there is or there isn't. A lot of people like to just think that he has no origin. Yeah, um, that's, I, I've, I've heard that and I love it because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, but, and that's the thing is I don't want them with the show to try and give us an origin because it, what it all comes down to is that Batman creates the Joker kind of according to the Joker, well, um, killing joke, right? Yeah, so I don't you know be, uh, before that moment he was just a nobody, so I don't think there's any reason that he needs to be brought into the show because he was he wasn't a criminal or anything that I don't see how he'll run in the circle of all these other characters. I kind of just want. I just I don't want to see the Joker at all in the show. I just want them. I don't. I think it would be cool if they just kept alluding to this person could be, but I don't want to find out that they're actually going to have the character on the show. I agree no. totally with that. I don't want to see the Joker. I'm happy not to see, you know, Batman and Joker and the like. No, come on, that's not what this is about. I like seeing some of the. Not massively smaller, but a little bit smaller characters. I like seeing characters that are kind of made up for the show, and I don't think that it needs Joker at all. Yeah, I didn't care too much though for that ogre character. I oh, think, I, I loved think, him. I thought that was just <laughs> the writers trying to cash in on the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff because it, uh, I don't know if you read, but that he uh, he's not an actual character in the comic books. They kind of just yeah, created they made him for up. the show. Yeah. So I didn't really like that. And Barbara was kind of weird, too. I never liked her from the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I loved it. I love the over. I like it when they create new ones. And I, I, love, the, I, love, the, I love serial killer things. I think they're really exciting. Oh, I think they're really interesting. And I thought that was really cool. And, it, you know, what I said before, I like that Barbara Gordon's getting this whole weird, twisted, screwed up storyline. And I think that that makes her so much more interesting. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, no, I just wanted to add on to the whole Joker thing. And, and, that, and that's just simply um, I agree with both of you guys. I don't think that he needs to be introduced right now or if maybe even not ever in the entire series, especially if it's going from Bruce when he's a kid. Um, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't need to happen. Uh, so 
You know, it's like that was one of the that was one of the great things I loved about the Dark Knight. There was no origin story. Heath mm-hmm. Ledger's Joker was just the Joker. Um, uh, and granted, there's been I've I've seen tons of fan theories on there possibly being an origin story, and I I think it's a little silly because I the the one of the great things about the Joker is that he just kind of comes out of nowhere, and yeah. and he just is chaos, and 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 I and I love that so much, and I, I think that it's just a complete he just complements Batman so well in that they're you know hero versus villain. Um, and that's what that's what makes them such a great uh, a great rivalry story to watch every time there it's told. So, um, so uh, just to sum things up real quickly, uh, Rose, uh, are you overall the first season of Gotham? And uh, what did you think? And uh, and and thoughts for uh, season two? Um, I loved it. Obviously, I am really excited for season two, and. I enjoy the new slant on it. I love it visually as well. I think it's really cool. Um, I like, I'm one of those people that doesn't always want to see the comic books just brought to life absolutely correctly. I like seeing new takes and seeing it as a new variant on the same characters and the same stories. Um, season two, I really want it to be the Riddler season. I think it will be. I think we've been building to that. And I also really want to see something interesting happening with Barbara. Those are sort of my, those two characters I really want to see develop. Fish Mooney I love, I want her to come back, but I, I want her and Penguin to be more of a side note in season two. Uh, John. Um, I'm sorry, I was looking up this thing about the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? No, I just, uh, your overall thoughts on season one and- uh, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, two. like I said, it was, fairly disappointing but that's probably because i'm such a batman fan i was looking for something that was a little bit more like straight from the comics to tv uh that's not what we got and that's all right um but you know like i said earlier this wasn't my favorite show which i thought it was gonna be but as far as the second season goes i'll give it an i'll give it another shot and you know who knows it could get a lot better and i'll probably i could get hooked again all right, thank you very much, guys, for that on Gotham. Uh, you know, like I'll, I'll let you guys know on Twitter uh, how I feel at the last two episodes. You got to watch those, and I'll, I'll let you guys know what I think. Um, so we're gonna move on uh, now to uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, oh, unapologetic, unapologetic computer nerds rejoice! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 such a funny show. It's, it is it's definitely one of our favorites. Um, John or Rose, do you, you guys watch it by any chance? I yeah. do not watch it at all. Okay, so, I'm out on this one. I'll just say you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, John, it's like John, it's my turn to? to pitch a show. Yeah, um, I actually just got into it like awesome. Oh, sweet. Um, what was it like the day before yesterday? And I'm already oh, on the fourth awesome. episode of the second season. Oh, nice, nice. Right. Okay. So, what are yeah, your so what are your first impressions then? I like it a lot. I like that. I like that. I don't have an i. I don't have a clue what they're talking about, but they're still <laughs> able to make it funny. Yeah. So I think that's really cool because um, it's it's still relatable. I mean, if they if if uh, if they weren't good at that, then I really wouldn't be interested in watching a a show about all this computer stuff. But it's really cool. I like the characters. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about uh, what's his name. I think Ehrlich. Ehrlich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. exactly who you were talking about. I'm uh, still not too sure if I like him or if I hate him. Yeah. Well, wait. Wait till you get caught up. The current episode deals with with his character a little bit. 
Oh, okay, yeah, but as of right now, I'm I'm really digging it. I'll, uh, I'd probably re- yeah, I would recommend it to anyone else looking for a comedy. Yeah, I, I feel like right. I say yeah, I feel like I say this every time we we bring it up, but it's it's got to be one of the best comedies on TV. It's it's so funny and it's so well done. It's it's so well written and it and it they do their research and you can tell because it, through the techno babble they're they're talking about things that uh, should they happen in real life would actually be pretty revolutionary. They're they're good ideas and if if nothing else comes from the series, like let's say it doesn't get renewed for a third season, if nothing else, like I feel like it may have its impact on the in, on the actual real life industry just from the things that they're talking about like 4K, 4K streaming middle out uh compression although I'm pretty sure they made up that whole thing is an actually pretty pretty unique idea that I've never really heard before, and it's uh, it's fat. It's honestly it's fascinating. In between in between all the dick jokes, there are some fascinating <laughs> moments that I have really enjoyed. Um, now now uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about um, this past week's episode. Uh, so I'm I don't think we'll be spoiling too much for you, John. You, you're, you're gonna want to watch it anyway. Yeah, um, uh, that's all right. I don't think it's one of those shows that has like. Big suspense moments. Yeah, not yeah, not really. I mean, I mean, Peter Peter Gregory is dead, guys. We have yeah. to, Peter Gregory. Is <laughs> yeah, dead. this isn't like the Flash where we need no. to be completely invested in. It. No, it's just a good comedy. But no. um, I, you know, we opened with uh, Gavin trying to do a live stream of mm-hmm. uh, basically a UFC show, and it is pure comedy. I, first of all, Gavin uh, Belson is is uh, kind of a the, bag. The, kind the of a king bag. He's like the king of all douches, man. I mean, this guy, I he he walks up to the front of the, you know, where everyone's sitting down, and and there's a chair clearly marked with his name on it, and he says, "Is that chair taken?" Uh, just such a douchebag. Uh, uh, <laughs> just like, classic God, Gavin. Oh man, I'm like, I hate you so much. Shut up and get out of here. Like, I just God, I hate this guy, and it's so great because he like. He wants to make this program work so bad so he can put Pied Piper out of business. Mm-hmm. And he teams up with the UFC to sh- live stream their event. And it just goes completely just batshit crazy because nothing works. Yeah. Uh, the stream just completely lags the entire time. And he's just pissed off. Hey, Casey, what did you think of that opening sequence? I I did, I did think it was very funny. And it, it kind of gives you a glimmer of hope. Like, like the, the show, it kind of... It will it will show you the bad things that happen to Pied Piper, and very rarely do you get a moment where it's like, oh, okay, maybe things are going to be okay for Pied Piper. That was one of those moments, and they started off with it. They're like, all right, their biggest rival is now really fucking up because Gavin Belson has hired a, hired a team of people that are basically just yes men. I mean, they 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 literally say that 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 man, everyone's just saying yes to me. And I know at the end of last episode, it was just like, oh, don't don't talk about it. We're three weeks behind. It's like, oh, I don't even I don't even want to hear about that we're a month behind and there's no way we're gonna meet this and uh so yeah we we knew that this was gonna go just about as well as it did but uh but i mean a a new a new competitor has entered the ring so to speak but i mean i guess we'll talk about that we'll talk about that when we talk about the ending actually it's funny just uh unrelated but side note i was um i went to uh the u2 concert this past monday and (laughs) yeah and and Bono pulled up one of the one of the young ladies in the crowd and he wanted to like have her on her phone record them while they sang. And and what? being that it was so like it was so like like in the moment, 
the video feed wasn't working quite well, so it was totally like it totally had that moment from the show where it was where completely the- lagging, and so I was like, "Is Huli sl- like like under the table like running this thing?" I was just what like. Is- one of those moments where the hologram doesn't work, so you try the oh, video God. chat. Video chat doesn't work, so you try phone call. Phone call staticky, so you have to text. Oh my gosh! But I just like I, I wanted to mention that. But uh, that's really no. It's, it was pretty funny. It just totally. It's all I was just like I'm, I was like looking for the hooli signs everywhere. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, then you know the then the crew gets the idea that that they should stream. Uh, mm-hmm. That they they should jump on the opportunity to actually make it look. Uh, make it look better than Hoolies, which they have the capability to do. But then they get embroiled in in a um, well. They get they get connected with a group of people with with another group doing like extreme what it's like it's like X Games but with cars basically yeah. right. They basically and, they they partner with Red Bull. Yeah, basically, and and these guys are douchebags in their own way. Uh, and 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 it doesn't help that the guy uh, that the head of the company. Uh, uh, double A, as double we a. get to know him, yep. uh, has some beef with Ehrlich, and and I thought it was hilarious when they're all ch- chatting and talking, and, and uh, Ehrlich's and and he calls him uh, or the Double A calls Ehrlich Kool Aid, and he's like, oh yeah, because I'm the cool guy, and I I used to help them, so I'm like an aide, and and as it turns out, uh, that's actually not what uh, they had in mind when they called him Kool Aid, uh, was it? Was it not, Casey? It was not. It was because he always busts through walls and always has to to interrupt people when they when they speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's a really good it's a really good episode. Uh, I also like uh, the zinger. Actually, one of the one of the hardest I've laughed at a TV show this year has been the zinger, where uh, towards the end, uh, oh, what is what is the main character's name, guys? Help me out here, Richard. Oh, Richard. Richard. Okay. Richard. When Richard, uh, when Richard calls Double A a double asshole, and it turns out that he is actually born with two assholes, <laughs> and it turns out to be this big offensive thing. When when Ehrlich spins around laughing and says, "You ripped double asshole a third asshole," I I was I was weeping. I was laughing. So hard. <laughs> It, I've never had a yeah. I've never had a show bring me oh. to tears and laughter like that. But oh, I did, it just so it tickled me, man. This show is something special. I don't know if it's just me, but I I absolutely love this show. Oh, no, that, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that 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 scene was hilarious because I thought you know when he said that he was like, but you told me. You told me that that's what you used to call me. He goes not to his face. He goes, you. Called me. <laughs> oh man, that was just that was just hilarious. I mean, it's just so Ehrlich. That's yeah. just so Ehrlich. Classic what we, Ehrlich. What were you gonna say though? Oh, I was just gonna ask you on a completely different note. Uh, what do you think about Jared's character? Are they kind of they keep giving him. Uh, well, he's the he's the corporate representative. He knows all the all the big the big corporation strategies and uh, even though they don't really like him that much and they don't really respect him that much, the things that he brings to the table are very important. And I think that they kind of explored that again in this episode. No, they, they do. And, and I actually think it's kind of funny though. Sometimes when uh, he was trying to force the two females to like bond, <laughs> yeah. it was like, Hey, how about I, do you want me to move so you guys can stand next to each other? Or? <laughs> 
I was just like, I mean, it, it. He is like the most. I mean, they're all awkward on that show, but he is like the most awkward of them, and that says a lot because, like mm-hmm. I said, they are extremely all awkward, and I think it just. I think it's just one of those things that it just makes the show even more funny than it is. Yeah. Um, I, I will say though that a character that is growing more and more on me. Um, is Gilfoyle. He's great. He's you didn't inherently love him from the beginning. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> I think I, I think he was funny, but just the more the more he just like makes his little remarks and just his funny little quips, it's just he kills me. Like he's just so freaking hilarious. Just so damn that guy's just so damn funny. Oh man. Yeah, shout out to uh, Freaks and Geeks where he got his start. Oh, I forgot about that. That's yeah. right. I totally forgot about that. Oh man, wow, that that goes back. Um, it's not. A yeah, no story. kidding. Uh, so we were talking earlier about how there's a, another company involved in uh, in in the whole streaming uh, thing, and that's the company that they first. Uh, you know, you might have seen this, John, in, in the very beginning when they're going to when they find themselves having to go reach out uh, to get somebody to buy their product. Uh, one of the last companies they see is a company they end up giving. Their um, what is it? Their uh, their compression algorithm. Their compression algorithm too, and it's oh this yeah 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 com- yeah, and it's this company that ends up taking their job once they walk off the job, mm-hmm. and and because they're the guy the the crazy ass lawyer guy who or or whoever he is that that you know buys the company. He's calling him. He's like, "Oh my god, the picture looks great," and and he's like, "Really? Like they're they're looking at a stream of an egg." And he's looking at something completely different. He's looking mm-hmm. at the actual event that they were supposed to be working on. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the guys stole their algorithm, the compression algorithm. Yeah. And so now, whereas I thought that was just going to be something silly that they screwed up on, I didn't think this would actually come back and bite them in the butt. Well, but now, it has. Well, like, like I said before, a new, a new challenger approaches. And now they find themselves in the same situation, more or less, that – Huli was in at the beginning where Huli was trying to sue them because they had stole they had supposedly stolen an idea. They didn't actually they uh, they had uh, uh, made up the whole thing. But but now they may have to take this other smaller company to court and sue them for stealing their idea. Basically the same thing that was happening to them. Gavin told Richard at that in that one episode, I think it was like the second or first yeah, one of the a, season. I think that was the last one I saw where they were having dinner or something. Yeah, and there was that like awkward pause at the end. Basically yeah. told him that he his he would eventually, if he kept on this path, he was just eventually trying to become what Gavin is. And so now we see Richard now in this same situation that Gavin Belson was in at the very beginning. Kind of. I mean, Gavin Belson is a king douchebag, as you said. Uh, <laughs> Richard's, a, Richard's better than that. But yeah. Uh, But yeah, there are a lot of parallels happening right now. Um, what did I want to say? Uh, do you think it'll, do you think they'll cause the problem that Huli is, or do you think they're just going to be kind of the side, they're, they're going to be that kind of thorn in the side, uh, not necessarily have a huge impact on the story, just something that's kind of bothering them? Um, the, you know what, there's, I feel like there's a couple of ways that the show could take this, right? Like this sets up, uh, maybe a partnership between, or, a like a, a, a enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation where Huli teams up with Pied Piper just to take out this new company. Uh, or they, they, they let Huli go to the wayside for a couple of episodes and they just deal with this new, this new competitor uh, for a couple of episodes. And then they come back when Huli has maybe worked out all the kinks in, in their compression algorithm and they get back to, to fighting the main villain, so to speak. 
uh, I don't know. Uh, your guess is as good as <laughs> mine. Your guess is as good as mine. Honestly, they could go. Um, they could go a hundred different ways at this point. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, so that's that's gonna be it for our, our Silicon Valley talk. We're like you said, like we've been saying, uh, we love the show. Good to hear that John's gotten into it now, and um, it, like you said, it's it's so funny. It's such a good show. Uh, it's, it's one of the most <laughs> accurate portrayals of like computer geek culture that I've seen so far. The way that they like just dig into each other and they're very knowledgeable about the subjects. Again, very well researched. Very a very well researched show. It's uh it's very funny. It's very funny. Um <clears throat> all right. So with that said, we're going to move on to another HBO show, one that <sighs> one that caused a lot of uh oh, controversy man. this this week yeah. and can and- I can I be <laughs> honest with you? I was dr- I'm dre- I'm still dreading talking about this episode. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Well, well, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about other stuff. I, yeah, we don't, let's clear up literally we, everything else, and then we'll get it to the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait to address the elephant in the room later on. Um, all right, so Game of Thrones uh, was was quite interesting this week, but before we get to all the craziness, um, Rose, what did you think of uh, the, the odd couple uh, on C, uh, at sea and, and how their story is slowly progressing? And, and, I, I, and by... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you're, you're with Tyrion and, um... Oh, Jorah. God, his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I... I'm really conflicted about this right now. Tyrion is, unsurprisingly, one of my favorite characters. I think he's one of everyone's favorite characters. Um, I'm conflicted about it because I have nearly finished the books. I have about 30% of the last book to go. And this season has veered so madly, wildly off track. And Tyrion's journey down to see Daenerys by boat is a massive part of the last book. And it is so different that there's part of me that wants to love it for what it is and be like, yay, this is happening. I kind of think these two work a little well together. I think they might actually be kind of good for each other. I cannot wait to get him to Daenerys faster because that's just going to be such an incredible meeting to have the three of them together in one spot. But the other part of me, every time I watch it, is like, this isn't what's supposed to happen. Where is the guy? Because there's, I don't want to spoiler, there's a really massively important vital character that appears in the books during Tyrion's journey. And I'm just like, well, where is he? When, how are they going to bring him in? Where is he going to come from? What? How? Ah! Like, oh, my head's exploding. Now, as someone who reads the books, how do you feel? Because I, I saw a tweet um, from somebody who works with uh, George uh, R. Martin, and, and he had said something about, that's it, HBO's gone completely rogue. Um, how do you feel about them getting away from the source material? I, I'm, like I say, I'm conflicted because part of me wants to, like any reader who loves a series, part of me wants to see it happen as is. The other part of me finds it really exciting because it means that, like, the first first couple seasons, I was like, yeah, this is really cool to see brought to life, but also I know what's going to happen, so it's not really <laughs> exciting. Whereas now I'm like, oh, my God, I have no idea. Anything could happen. People could die. People could come back. People could wander off with other people. Characters are missing. What is going on? And so it's like a whole new show with the characters that I already love. And I know that George R. R. Martin has said that 
sticking with them really closely. He wrote a blog post in the last week about the elephant in the room that we're not going to get into now, saying basically that the decision was made from the beginning to make changes, and he makes uh, reference to sort of the butterfly effect and says that sometimes butterflies can become dragons, which I loved. Um, and I think he, he's he's down with how it's changing. He said it's still coming to the same eventual conclusion down a different way. And I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm trying to release my inner choose-your-own-adventure lover for this one. Being like, it's okay. Two play, two same story goes two different directions. I'm good with it. Cool. Um, Casey, what do you think of the relationship of Jorah and Tarion and, and um, the brother Ron? I, I think that they were... Well, I I feel like I said it I said it last week. I I've always thought well because they they've been two of my favorite characters and it's it's funny I don't read the books and so when they kind of got thrown together I got the I got the warm fuzzies because now my two favorite characters are are together and they're forced to be companions and and save each other's lives. Uh, kind of. I mean I mean Tyrion had to argue that that Jorah was was a good enough fire for the fighter for them to save him. Uh. Also saving himself at the same time. Uh, Jorah didn't really stand up for Tyrion. It was more so Tyrion standing up for Tyrion. Also, side note, uh, that episode gave us the single greatest quote in Game of Thrones thus far. And it is, uh, the dwarf lives until we find the cock merchant. (laughs) (laughs) That that line alone. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that on a poster of some sort. Uh, that will probably become my Tinder bio eventually. I'm sure. We were watching that, and my wife was in the kitchen, and she heard it, and she goes, "What did he say?" And I said, "I'm pretty sure he just said cock merchant, and I'm pretty sure that might be the first and last time I ever hear that phrase." <laughs> oh man! Oh, that was just that was that was just so. It was. It would just. It added a level of, of, of comedy that yeah. isn't necessarily in Game of Thrones all the time, but it worked at just the right time. I mean, these guys were pirates. I mean, what mm-hmm. do you expect? They're not going to have the proper decor, so to speak, to, with how everyone talks in the show. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a very tongue in cheek comedic moment, I, I think, and it's it's nice because you don't you don't get a ton of those in the show, and so when when it happens, it's very funny. Yeah, it was great. And I love it. You know, Tyrion saving his own life, essentially. I love that his brain immediately went to, I'm not going to try to play up that I'm a Lannister. I'm not going to try to play up this. I'm going to talk about my cock. Yeah. And it will save my life. I'm just like, good job, Tyrion. Oh, that was good. Uh, John, do you watch Game of Thrones? I actually don't. Um, I've tried to get into it, but I just think it's so boring. Yeah. There's a thousand million characters for someone who hasn't read the book. It, It... I still get oh, the characters' the books names are more confused. confusing. Oh man, That's... the books the books can be slow at times. There's a million other things. All of the storylines in the series have been like sheared down almost to the basics. Like if you find that the TV show slow or difficult to get into, do not read the books. Yeah, so it's oh. the only time I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, by the time we end, by the time we end the Game of Thrones conversation, I'm sure John, you'll be convinced that you don't want to watch this show. <laughs> I'm positive. So hold on to your seats, man. <laughs> Everything's already over, so I'm pretty sure until new stuff starts coming out, I might have to give that a chance because I've already exhausted all of Netflix and Hulu and <laughs> Amazon. Everything I've got nothing left to watch, and it's slowly coming down to Game of Thrones. 
There well, you go. It's a last resort, maybe. Uh, oh, <laughs> and, and, maybe well, and, just a quick note. If I could suggest another comedy, uh, John, for you, uh, maybe check out Veep. I think Veep's pretty hilarious. Ooh, yeah, great choice. Great choice. Yeah. Is that uh -huh. on Netflix or Hulu? That, that's on HBO, actually. Oh, okay, cool. I'll yeah. check it out. Um, so uh, getting back uh, real quick, uh, we had Jamie finally make it in into uh, to what is it? Dorn? The name of the Dorn? Dorn? Yeah, Dorn. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can, I, can I just say how the hell did they get in so easily? <laughs> I, I really I was laughing at that because this is supposed to be like the capital, right? And they're just two dudes in robes like skulking around. <laughs> Because they look more obvious that they're trying to sneak into. Yeah, right? It's like a huge open courtyard. And I'm pretty sure the king was overlooking that courtyard not five minutes before they strolled through it. And they just kind of tiptoed through it like a couple of ninjas, man. It was really <laughs> funny. It was really funny. And it was not supposed to be. Well, it wasn't just them popping up. But then we have the Sand Sisters oh, right. uh, making, their, making their presence known. Um, Rose, what did you think of that almost like three-way death match going on. I thought it was really interesting. Again, they've gone so off the books now that it's just it's just a totally different show. The Sand Snakes, I kind of like them. Um, obviously, I, I think they're, they're kind of cool. I love that they were fighting with, like, one had a spear and one had a whip. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, you're just, screw the normal, boring weapons. You're like, no, I want to be Indiana Jones today. Give me that. And, um... <laughs> I, I kind of liked it. I love the fact that Marcella is so distanced from everything that's happening back in King's Landing and doesn't know what's going on and is just like, yes, everything's fine and I'm still betrothed to this man. What is going on? Why are you here? And she doesn't know who to go with. She's totally confused. She doesn't know. And we don't even totally know who's what's for better or for worse there. And the actual fighting scene was super fun. But at the same time, I was a little upset because the Sand Snakes are meant to be, like, hella good fighters. These are, these are ass-kicking girls. And yeah. there were three of them. Then we have one insanely good swordsman and a guy who, up until very recently, has spent a lot of his story arc talking about how he's not a good fighter anymore. <laughs> and he can't fight. So I'm like, so wait a minute. We have, we have Cripple, who is complaining that he can't fight, and one good swordsman managed to battle off three Sand Snakes. Yeah. Uh, no. Mm -mm. I've heard I've heard a lot of, of people who have read the books who have been really disappointed in how they've been portraying the, the Sand Snakes. I know one of, my, one of my other friends that I know said that uh, the actors, he doesn't think, uh, do the characters justice. Or the actresses, I should say, sorry. Uh, don't do the characters justice. I think they definitely are, are playing up a little too much of the... They're not making them seem devious enough. They're not making them complex enough. In the books, there's a whole set of levels of, there's a lot more to them. There's some more sort of, there's some sexual stuff going on. There's some more romantic stuff. There's a lot more sort of complex and emotional characters. Whereas with this one, we're definitely getting more of a one-dimensional, like, you know, you killed my father, you must die. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> my name is Inigo Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, it kind of annoys me because there is so much more to them in the books than just like, they killed Oberon, we must kill them, ha, -ha. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, um, I, I think uh, I was talking to some people who, who have read the book like yourself and and they were telling me like, oh, well, in the next season they're supposed to introduce the Sand Snakes and, you know, they're the daughters of Oberon and, 
And their parent, and they kept telling me, yeah, they're like just as bad as him, if not worse. And and and, and it's kind of like looking forward to that. It, it just seems like I feel like I'm still waiting for that. Like there yeah. hasn't been much of like let's like you saying they're like they're they're like basically these badasses, and I haven't really seen that. You know, um, what's her name? I can't. Oh, what was his his wife's name or? Not even his wife. Who 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 would she be to to Oberyn? The woman that's totally pissed that was there when he Hilaria? got his head. Yeah. Or the um, one that was there oh, when she got her head head smushed in. That was his like mistress lover person. Oh okay. uh, what was her name? I don't know. I can't remember her name, but I feel like I, there's more like there's more emotion coming from her than than the sand snakes. Uh so but I don't know. Maybe, maybe more. We'll get to see more as it as it goes on. Um, you know, obviously they didn't want to show us everything. They they didn't want to play their entire uh, hand of cards at that at that moment in time. Maybe they're just building it up, and, and that's something that they can get away with right now because they're varying so much from the source material that nobody can um, nobody can uh, really predict what's going to happen next. So, um, so so moving on from. From that whole thing, uh, we have uh, the king kind of sitting idly by as his queen gets taken into yep. jail. Now, uh, and oh, go go ahead, Casey. Oh man, I tried to I defended Toman last week, but this week I gotta say it: the man bitched out. The guy bitched out this week. He he did not hold it down as king. He 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 can do pretty much whatever he wants. Uh, but he's got his mom sitting there, and he doesn't want to get in trouble, so he just kind of lets them take. He just kind of lets them take Marjorie. I didn't think that was cool. No, I think I I have a theory on this one because I think, and I'm not going to say it because it is basically that my I think that they are going to do what they did in the books with this scenario, so I don't want to spoil uh. it. So I wasn't uh, I I wasn't too shocked, and I'm pretty certain that this is all going to be worked out in a way that's going to make everyone extremely happy. Um, but yeah, Tommen is a little bitch. He's and I mean to be fair, he is like <laughs> seven or something. True, you yeah. Know? Most he's, seven year olds kind of they tend to bitch. I don't out. know. Yeah, it's I don't just know. Just in how my old experience, he's, yeah. He's all, they're also don't tend to be married at seven, right? But, you know, exactly. Or ruling uh, countries for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we are going kind of outside the bounds of reality, but <laughs> he is. And his thing always was that he was this weak little boy completely overshadowed by Joffrey. He's been manipulated by Cersei. He's being manipulated by Marjorie. He's being manipulated by just everyone he comes into contact with. And I I think he's just at this point like, what? I don't know. Wait, I'm a king? Huh? Uh, no, I'm totally confused. Why are you taking my pretty girlfriend away? What's going on? Wait, wife? Yeah. Oh, wait. Shit. Like <laughs> I think you just summed up the last two weeks of, of what his face said. Every yeah. time, I mean, it was like when he went to the, the where the priests were to get Marjorie's uh, brother. Like you know, his army was ready to go. They were yeah. ready to fight, and and here he is. Like he can command like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of men to completely obliterate those priests. But he's like, uh, nah, not uh, today. Yeah. I don't know. It's time for a nap soon. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I totally feel like I need to go chill and think about it, and then we'll talk about this later. Oh, and then he does the exact same thing when they take Marjorie away. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Cut the umbilical cord from your mom. Jeez. Oh, that frustrated me so much. Your hot wife is getting taken away. Go save her. What are you doing? But I don't know. That that's just that's just kind of what I was thinking. Um, 
So, I mean, obviously, this is all the work of Cersei. We, we I mean, this, yeah. it's just reeks of Cersei. Reeks of Cersei. Rhodes, what do you think of uh, Cersei's, like, obviously, you know, she's got the plan. Marjorie, is, is that, was that Marjorie's mom or grandmother? Grandmother, that's Olena. Okay. I mean, she's just, like, seething. She is just pissed because she knows that Cersei's, Behind this, what do you, what do you think of uh, what do you think of how Lena Headey's done with this character and Cersei in general uh, during this entire entire situation? I think Cersei is an absolutely epic character, and I think that she's she's doing so well in this show. But I also think that she has got it coming, and I think that you know thus far she's kind of been manipulating you know her drunken husband, her young sons her like she's manipulating people that it's fairly easy for her to manipulate so she has this idea of herself as this master manipulator puppeteress person and she kind of feels like she's untouchable and that was her whole discussion with Elena you know just ignoring her and scratching away on her little sheet and I loved that discussion it was two really powerful women basically just saying cut the crap yeah. Let's have a conversation. And <laughs> I love I love that she's like, Cersei, I know you're not writing anything. Yeah. Stop oh, for God's sake. Writing. <laughs> yeah. Stop faking it. Okay. I'm tired. Let's do something. <laughs> it was awesome. And I really think that she's kind of met her match now. And she has pissed her off good. Like, she has poked the hornet's nest. And I don't think she realizes yet how much of a bad idea that was. And I think she's underestimating Marjorie as well. And I think she's underestimating Marjorie's hold on Tommen. And I have a feeling, because Cersei's been riding high basically from the beginning. She hasn't yet had a major crash from power. And, oh, it's so overdue. Oh, I want it to happen so soon. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the one thing we can all agree on uh, is that... as, as much as we're looking, f- we were all looking forward to the day Joffrey met his end. And yeah. I think we can all say the same thing about Cersei. Um, now, the way it happens, who knows how it's going to happen? Well, Rose probably knows how it, if it happens, how inkling. it happens. If it happens the same way it does in the books, I have some inklings. Okay. So we're, I, I, that's just something we're looking forward to. I, although I hope that it's, I hope it's a, a built up a little bit more rather than uh, when, when Joffrey died, it was just like, I, I just wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for for the purple wedding at all. Um, I don't think, I don't actually think she's going to die. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think she is going to (laughs) fall from power. Don't you put that evil on me, Rose. Don't you put that evil on us. (laughs) (laughs) Cersei lives. Uh, (laughs) She's too much fun as the evil queen not to live. I'd actually be a little sad if they killed her off because that's a good point. She's so fun. Yeah, as much as much as we despise her, as much as I despise her, everyone you need the maleficent character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, now we have Arya who's still going through her little training uh, to become a nameless. Yeah, and, yeah, and so it's it's very uh, interesting. I, I you know we've talked on on here so many times how much we love Arya her mm. character. She's she's so awesome. And she can do a- no wrong. She can't, and she's such a little badass, and she's only going to become even more of a badass as she gets, mm. as she grows. Um, uh, Casey, what do you think of of you know how she took the the child in, and 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 then uh, what's his name, uh, 
Jagan Hagar. Is that how I say his name? Yeah, um, Dargan right. Hagar or something. Yeah, uh, he was asking her, what are you doing? I mean, what did you think about that whole sequence? And then she went in and she saw the heads. She saw what they do with, with the, with the uh, bodies. Yeah. Um, I think that, first of all, I think that Toman could learn a thing or two from Arya about being young and a badass. Uh, second of all, I like that she is, uh, by not playing their game, so to speak, she played their game and eventually, uh, learned to, learn to lie, learn to shrug off her, her history that she, she uses to, to fuel her, her passion, I guess, put it by the wayside and, uh, and lied to this young girl to kind of comfort her in, in what may have been her, her last couple hours. I don't even, I don't even remember us seeing what eventually happens to that girl. Maybe we find out next week. Um, but yeah, I like where she is right now. I think she has a lot of potential to grow from here. I mean, I don't think that she's really, she's peaked yet. Certainly not. Um, I will say that what, what's that place called? The hall, the hall of faces, the, uh, the room of faces, Rose, sure. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually now. I'm like, it's a, the something of faces. It's something. I think it's the hall of faces. The hall of faces. It's. Well, it doesn't it's, sound totally right. Yeah, it doesn't quite. But it, it's something to that effect. I think that they did an excellent job portraying that, and that's another thing I've heard from some of my friends who have read the books is that they were really hoping that that room would be as cool as it was in the books. And from what I've heard, it it really lives up to how ominous and kind of. Awe-inspiringly, like large and creepy that it is. Yeah, I mean, it it was awesome. Side note on that, on the on the little girl and the thing, something that that I got from the books, and and from the show that may change your perspective on it a little bit is that she, it, the waters are what people drink to die. Oh, Essentially, oh, okay. by feeding the little girl the waters, she killed her. That's why her father came in and said, right. I just want her pain to be over. There's nothing that can be done. And she told her this whole story about the waters healing her so that the girl would go to her death with, with openness. But people come there, and they drink from the waters, and that kills them, and then they're washed, and they're put in the hall of faces. I had I had, I had kind of figured I had kind of figured as much, but, I mean, I, I, had no, I had no way of knowing. So. so thank you, first of all. And second of all, I think... That, that that definitely shows where Arya's character is heading, and uh, and kind of the well, I mean she's she's gonna she's be racking up a body count, isn't she? She <laughs> she really she really is. That list that list gets shorter and shorter all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, I'll just say it. I want to see her kill Cersei, but you know, all right, we, we don't always get what we want. But Christmas was, wish list. That's Christmas <laughs> wish list. Um, so uh, this leads us to. What we've been alluding to the whole whole God. talk, uh, we won't spend too much time on it. Uh, won't we? Been... Won't we? Oh, we will. You know, we will. <laughs> don't lie to the listeners. <laughs> um, and that is the uh, uh, I don't even I don't even know how to phrase it without you know sounding terrible. Just the oh, awful, just just I'll, I'll just say that this way, uh, uh, Sansa can't catch a break at all. Um, now, now here's interesting. I wanted to ask you this about uh, this rose because I know this definitely veers from the source material. Um, because apparently this does the same thing that happens to her does happen in the book, but not to her. It happens Correct. to another one's uh, another in, one uh, Ramsey's another ra wife that Ramsey. Yeah, has. in the in the books, um, Sansa's friend Jane Poole, who we saw in King's Landing when things were a lot happier for her. Um, she decides to sort of reinvent herself or someone higher up decides to turn her and make her pretend to be Arya, essentially. And they sell off fake Arya to Ramsay and the Boltons. 
um, in order to help him get his foothold in the north in the same way that they're doing with Sansa now. They're saying, here you go, you're taking over the north, have a Stark girl, wetter and better, and that'll solidify that. Um, and then it, it happens to Jane instead, but much, much, much worse, which may seem difficult to grasp. Um, but in the, in the books, Reek slash Theon, because I feel like he's, he's starting to, to waver on his personality right now, yeah. mm-hmm. um, is actually commanded by Ramsay to help him in his desire to do what he does to Sansa in the, the show. Um, we're going to have to pull out the R word at some point or other. He gets him to join in on raping her. Yeah, that, and I, I had heard that as well. It's, it's much more, uh, so it's much more horrifying. And they chose to do it with Sansa this time because they wanted to, they wanted to use a character that everyone was already invested in. They didn't want to keep the, com- like, there's so, so many more characters in the books. And I think in the TV show, people are already finding that overwhelming and they, they didn't want to leave Sansa sort of off in the in the veil where she is in the books and bring in a new character and then basically not have Sansa this season. So they combined the two. Yeah. I, uh, I know a lot of people are saying that, that they would have rather the show just not include it at all. And uh, part of me thinks that the, the way that they set the scene up, you can definitely tell that you, you couldn't accuse it of being thoughtless. You couldn't accuse it of being not skillfully portrayed in some way it was very heartbreaking obviously from from the public outcry about it um now before before i get started talking i guess i just want to say that i'm in no way i am in absolutely no way defending rape or rape culture at all in any way shape or form but i'm absolutely going to defend the show's right to talk about it uh i think that the show has really solidified itself as something that talks about taboo stuff all the time and i i it, it, this did catch me by surprise. It did make me feel feelings that I would have rather have not felt. Uh, but I, it didn't. It didn't surprise me. I guess it didn't shock me. I, I kind of expected more or less that this was going to happen. I mean, it was their their marriage night, and barring a, a riot in the streets, uh, they you, you had the feeling that Ramsey was going to consummate it. And uh, yeah, and it. I think that the outcry stems from the fact that Sansa is such a beloved character that that it just it it hurts it physically hurts that to for as a viewer to see this thing happen i think it also really stems from the deviation from the book because a lot of people are, are that are defending not obviously again not defending rape rape culture etc Def- there are a lot of people defending saying that yeah this this is not as shocking as people are making it out to be and I think the issue is that it doesn't happen in the books. So a lot of people sort of thought, huh, this didn't need to go in at all. Yeah. We could have just wiped out this character and not had it. And they're putting in this horrifying, brutal scene for the sake of it, for the sake of ratings, for the sake of being controversial, because they like to show sex and beheading and rape and death. And yeah. that's what really upset everyone to do this to this very sort of much softer, sweeter character. But... Uh, like you, I think it's I think it's perfectly reasonable for the the story and for the writing to have it happen. And I don't I don't think it was gratuitous. I don't think it was unnecessary because I think that you need you you had to do it with one or the other. You had to have a fake Arya come in, or you had to have Sansa go in to become Ramsay Bolton's wife because of the whole story of the North. Because you need 
the North to start fighting back. You need to have the story of who's at Winterfell now. You need to have the alliances that they're trying to form there. And I think with making it Sansa, it actually makes more sense because then you have the Theon and Reek situation. You have the entire yeah. Ironborn thing. You can see in his face in the scene that this is going to be a massive turning mm -hmm. point for the character, that most likely this is going to be sort of the catalyst to drop him back away from being Reek and back into remembering who he is and starting to go back up against Ramsay. Mm -hmm. And all of that is vital. I don't think that scene was just thrown in there sort of willy-nilly for the fun of it yeah. or for the rating. I think it really does have a massive tie into what they're doing with moving the story forward. I completely agree. I think that I, I've loved the show. I've loved the show so far. So I will, I will assume that they would not include something like that if they weren't absolutely planning some sort of payoff or some kind of resolution. I know that they, that I shouldn't, I know calling back an earlier episode we had in season one, there is no hope in Game of Thrones. So you can have, you can have hope, uh, as misplaced as it may be. Uh, but whether, whatever that resolution may be, I'm assuming it's going to be big and grandiose and hopefully alleviate some of this feeling that the audience has. And I mean, speaking of hope, for me as well, with Sansa's character, this is like this is her moment. Her last clinging hope was that she was she was away from it all. That she'd got away from Joffrey. She'd got away from the Lannisters. She'd got yeah. away from these terrible situations. She was somewhere that was like the Vale is not home, but it is connected to her by family. She had someone in Littlefinger who seemed to be protecting her. She seemed to be getting. You know, she seemed to be safe. She was, despite being betrothed and then married to two different people, she was still a virgin. Mm. There was still some of that girlish hope that she could find her prince charming and wander off. I mean, in her, I think. I think we all gave up on that, like you say, a <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. But she still had that hope. And now, I think with this scene, that's that last little bit of her original soft, weepy girly princess character being extinguished yeah. that's been stamped out and now we get to see her when she was being bathed by that nasty little bitch who, <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm not even gonna bother with a name there just nasty little bitch to quote to uh, quote uh, to quote matt that is how she receives her checks <laughs> yeah. and, and she turned and had that moment where she was just like you don't scare me this is where I'm from this is my home these are my roots I have been to hell and back and you do not scare me yeah. and I, I that's the side of Sansa that we are going to see so much more of now and I'm so excited for that sorry that's my dog <laughs> one second guys um, I was going to say you know that's where you insert the Felicity gif of her saying drop the mic <laughs> um, uh, that just, yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny. I, I was on Twitter before the show started and all I saw was, uh, people because I didn't watch it until nine o'clock. So obviously East coast had seen it already. And so all I saw was, Oh my God, it's so awful. It's so terrible. And I was like, Oh great. Like this is, this is bad. Um, and so I, I remember watching it and I kind of warned my wife. I was like, so I heard something really bad supposed to happen right here. So at like the last couple minutes, I basically muted it. So we were watching it, and you know, I didn't. So I didn't obviously didn't hear anything. But all they show is them start, and then it pans over to Theon, and it just there's, shows his face. And there's a lot of screaming that you missed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's so, quite horrific. Back. But yeah. 
Okay. What, um, what, what sad, sad statements did I miss? Well, no, I was just saying how uh, the buildup for me, I just kept seeing on Twitter. Um, and so obviously I saw it on the West Coast here. And I muted it because I was kind of, I kind of warned the wife, like, oh, I heard this really awful scene supposed to happen. So I muted it. So all I saw was Theon's face, like, tearing up. So Rose was just saying, I missed a lot of screaming. You did. Um, you did. It, it, yeah. So I'm, so I'm glad. So I'm actually uh, glad I, I, I muted it. Yeah, but I do want to say props to the actor who plays uh, Theon. I don't remember his name. I think it starts with an A. Uh, Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. That is what it is. Yeah. Uh, props to him. That was, God, that was heartbreaking. Oh, and you, so have to, you have to be a good actor to, to portray that kind, of, that kind of terror and disgust at the same time. He was just, he was in agony. You got this absolute agony from him. And that's, and that's why I really feel like he's starting to shake back and forth between Reek and Theon. And I saw that as well. I, I, there was that great moment where he's been completely brainwashed and tortured into not knowing his own name to the point that when his sister came to rescue him, he wouldn't answer to it. And, but being back at Winterfell with Sansa now, when they went up to the wedding processional, and he was the one to give her away because Ramsay Bolton is a twisted, twisted son of a bitch. Um, he and he had to give his name as Theon Greyjoy, the Ward of the, yeah. the Ward of the North, or the Ward of uh, Starks. And then seeing this agony on his face, and you can see him twitching, and you can see him start to fight against what Ramsay's wanting him to do. And it's so awesome, and he's so so gifted as an actor. He's doing such an incredible job. I actually, uh, I, a side note, I actually ran into him at Comic-Con whoa, uh, a few years ago. Yeah, I was, um, nice. I was waiting. It was, it was after a Comic-Con had ended. I was in downtown, and I was standing right near Hard Rock Hotel. And, um, and so you know, there's like, like the cast of uh, Sons of Anarchy had walked by. So there's like people like, oh, like screaming at him and everything. And, and I'm just kind of standing there like on my phone waiting for my friends. And then I like I suddenly see all these people in front of me like turn around and start screaming and I'm like what the hell and so I I just I just slowly turned around and boom he is like right there in front of me and I was like whoa and so I grabbed my phone real quick and I took a quick picture of him I'll have to tweet it out but um, yeah tweet that tweet that shit out man he's actually a really cool guy like he had his his you know people around him that were like trying to clear the crowd but I mean he would go and grab people's pictures and start signing them like he was. <laughs> Totally cool. Like they like his people were like, no man, we gotta go, we gotta go. But he was like doing his best to sign everyone's autograph around him. I thought that was really cool. So nice. just, wanted, just wanted to throw that out there. But well, were you gonna say something, Case? Oh yeah, I just have. So I have two. I had two other things that I wanted to bring up in our discussion at some point. I guess thing number one is uh, what the character, what uh, Sansa's character represents versus what a character like Brienne of Tarth represents. Where uh, where like. Sansa may Sansa had the life of luxury in the in the in the cat Stark hold I guess she represents like innocence in an evil world so to speak and like Rose said earlier she's made it this far uh uh intact god I, I hate this I hate this so much uh but uh but her 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 the message behind her character is is exactly that innocence in an evil world where where I know a lot of people would have rather her fight off her attacker uh that's more what Brienne of Tarth's character is for the the powerful woman the the feminist character if you want to go that way 
I like to think of it that Sansa has a very different strength, and that's why she's come through so far when everyone else is being slaughtered and missing and everything else. It's how she managed to get through it as relatively, <laughs> relatively unscathed as she did. Um, obviously very, very scathed, but compared to most of the rest of her family, she's not doing too bad. Yeah. Um, which is, <laughs> just says so much about Game of Thrones right, right. there. Like, oh my god, if this is unscathed. Um, but it's a different kind of strength, and while Arya or Brienne would be, you know, beating him off, he'd be, she, they'd be the one with a knife up their sleeve, slashing his throat. She is the one who at this point is starting to come into this new kind of strength that's based around playing the game sort of ah, she's like yeah, i am going time. to go where i'm told i'm going to do what i'm told i'm going to take on the personas i've learned under Littlefinger now i'm going to take on the personas i'm going to play within these different rules and i am going to f you up on a totally different <laughs> level while staying in my pretty gowns thank you very much <laughs> and i love it and i yes. think it's just as strong in a different way yeah, and uh, and with the the message she received, uh, I think it was an episode ago, uh, that the North still remembers. She still has that. She has the candle up in the tower that will signal uh, probably a, a revolt of some kind. I'd imagine. Uh, so she still has her trump card. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna go. It's gonna go so interestingly, and uh, and we need we need to have the moment where Theon sort of starts to become Theon again and reveals to her that her brothers are alive. Yeah. Because he knows that her brothers are alive and he has to tell her at some point and that is going to be a game changer. Does does he know? I didn't yes. think that Ramsay told or I didn't think that he found out. Maybe I yeah, I probably don't remember. Well, no, but no, she well, still thinks that uh he killed Rob too, he, right? Uh no, she knows about she knows that that was the the phrase. Oh. Uh, that's, okay. I think she does anyway. Maybe not. Maybe I'm I'm now getting confused between book and show, and I'm like, wait, in which one does she know what now? Oh, so uh, yeah. Man, where's um, where's Amy? All these parallel universes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> come back, come back. Um, yeah, I, I I I I'm pretty certain Theon knows that they were fake. Well, not fake corpses. That they were non-Stark corpses. They were just some poor poor peasant boys being slaughtered there. Um, and I like th that's got to be a bomb to drop at some point now that they're together again in Winterfell. Like it's got to happen. It's just ah, overthrow the flayed men. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the the second point, the second point I wanted to bring up was uh, Sophie Turner, the actress who plays Sansa, had some had an interview that she did in which she had said that she loved uh, the fact that she got to play that scene. A lot of people took offense to those statements but uh, as i believe amy said uh, i thought i saw that she tweeted it out on on twitter i i'm in agreement with her that that she meant uh, she she enjoyed that particular scene in which she got to play from an actress's standpoint because uh because Absolutely. that's not that's not a thing that a lot of actresses get to portray in their career and as as bad as it was it takes a very skilled actress to to pull off something like that yeah, I actually wrote a, a piece on Movie Pilot about uh, George R. R. Martin and the producers and uh, Turner's comment on it. And her interview was 
way back. It was back in October, I believe. It was before it was actually filmed. And she was talking about the upcoming season and what she was looking forward to. And she was saying exactly that. She was like, this is going to be so exciting for me because it's so emotional for the character and I get to do so much. And she said, it's great because she's not basically just crying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and she's getting really excited about how her character is developing. She's really excited about doing this scene. And the whole thing was she was like, oh, yeah, I was shocked when I read it. And I, I keep and she says she's like teasing the, the writers and producers like, oh, how can you make me do this? But secretly, I love this. This is such a challenge for her. It's going to be so great for her. And it is. As an actress, that's an incredible scene. And I think that it's because it's such a hot button topic, obviously. It's very sensitive. It's a loaded subject. A lot of people tend to just have a knee jerk reaction to like, oh, my God, rape, horrible. Yeah. And they, there's a lot of nuance to the fact that it is someone talking about, she's not saying, oh, I love, I love rape. No, <laughs> God, no, of course not. She's saying, I love being stretched as a performer. I love having to work harder in my, in my job and in my craft. And, you know, you can talk about whether something is from a writing standpoint or a character standpoint. You feel so bad for Sansa as a viewer. As someone looking at the writing for it, you feel so excited that these horrible things are happening because it's going to move the, the story in such a different direction. And there's a massive difference between the two. Right. Well put. I'm totally in agreement. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'm in no position to issue ultimatums, but uh, I will issue Game of Thrones this ultimatum. Uh, whatever the payoff may be for this, I hope that it pays off soon. <laughs> Just for the show's sake. It, uh yeah, and I'm excited to see the next episode. Oh yeah, yeah I just, oh it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I, I just request that uh, when Ramsey meets his end, it's in the worst way possible. Yeah, you know uh, that he has it coming. Yeah, it's 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 got to happen at some point. Uh, oh, we waited, all the people. <laughs> yeah, we Everyone, waited quite I've a while. I've seen so many tweets saying like Joffrey. I thought no one could top him, but oh my god, bring Joffrey back. This guy's way worse. <laughs> Joffrey. <laughs> Yeah, good thing. Good thing those guys never got to uh, put their heads together to formulate some sort of plot, right? That would have been just uh, the end of the world. Um, yep. But uh, that's gonna do it for our Game of Thrones talk. Uh, like we said, it was pretty intense this episode. Yeah, man, we made yeah, it we through, guys. To... We made it through. Congratulations! <laughs> Internet high five. I know. Yeah, we we made it through the uh, the elephant in the room. It, as tough as it was to uh, talk about it, we got through it, and uh, is. Uh, you know, is is John is John still here? John, oh are you yeah, still I'm here? still here. Oh, yeah, okay. no, yeah. All right. So your your thoughts on whether or not you will watch Game of Thrones? It sounds interesting. I think my main problem is that no, nobody has regular names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if it if it all stayed the same, but there was like Joe and Susie, I could may, it might be easier to get into. Yeah. Well, it's it's, like, it's it's that whole Star Wars thing, like. How is like everyone like Anakin and Qui Gon and uh, Padme, and then you get Luke and Leia. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get Tywin, Tyrion, you get, yeah. uh, and then you also get Brienne and and John. Well, you got Robert Robert Baratheon's in there. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, we've got like Cersei and Tywin, Tyrion, Bob. Dana yeah, Dana <laughs> Daenerys and Eddard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The show is, Ned, it's tough. Like Ned's a oh, pretty it, standard Ned, name. Ned is, Ned was a sick nickname, I have to admit. He had a great nickname. Oh, now I've made myself sad. Oh, damn it. Sean Bean, <laughs> why'd you have to go? Um, all right, so uh, 
that is going to do it for our TV talk for this week. Uh, we're going to be changing things up soon since, like we said, it's the summertime. Uh, things are coming up. We'll probably hit up some Netflix stuff uh, on. I, I think we'll probably be getting back to our our, our watch-alongs. Back, uh, oh, yeah. A while ago, we did our, our first watch-along with uh, Daredevil. We'll probably get back to that. That was a we lot need of to fun. Finish, we need to finish Daredevil. We do need to finish Daredevil, so we'll definitely we be do doing that. do need to finish Daredevil. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so we'll be doing that, uh, and then, you know, if you have a suggestion, let it drop, drop us a line, let us know if there's a show that you want us to talk about, you know, like it's, it's summer, so it's, it's fair game. Yep. We're calling uh, well, audibles, calls. audibles left and right, man. Yeah. While Getting we wait for, roots. uh, while we wait for the, uh, triumphant return of the flash. Exactly. You know? Shout so, out to um, our mini-sode that's probably out right now. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> probably out right now. <laughs> talk about <laughs> Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf. Yeah, on MTV. Oh, maybe we'll check that out. Check one out. We'll have to talk to see if Sal get Salzy on board too. Um, it's a good show. It's a very good show. Cool. Um, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. Andy's here, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know, <laughs> Batman style. Um, all right, so we're gonna get to the last portion of our show, which is. Uh, Classic movie picks. Uh, John, just to let you know, this is where we kind of give people a, a – it's kind of our, our, our version of book of the week. But we suggest uh, any kind of TV movie uh, you want to uh, throw out to the, to the listeners. So um, we're going to start things off with Rose. Do you have a suggestion for this week? I am going to suggest, you know, I always like to go kind of retro with my suggestions because classic. I don't know. I like, I like the classic ones this week uh, or next week. Actually, I'm going to be doing some live tweets of the Punisher movies. And I am Ooh. totally going to recommend that as um, someone that's, that's, there's so many, there's like three or four different movies that are not all totally connected. And I think that's fun. And ahead of, ahead of some of the stuff coming out ahead of Tom Hardy saying he'd like to do, Punisher, when he had to drop out of Suicide Squad, like I think that that's the one that we should be watching right now. That's my little recommendation. Awesome, thanks right. for that, Rose. Uh, Casey, um, you know what, Pete? For the first time, uh, I, I know this doesn't happen to me very often, but I fucking completely forgot about this segment. So, um, <laughs> call in an audible uh, on Netflix. I know that there is a documentary series called How the States Got Their Shape, and uh, uh, fun fact, I think that's the the guy who who uh, stars in that is the lawyer from a TV show. God, I wish I would have remembered this segment. But, uh, <laughs> but it is a, it's a fun trip around the country uh, that tells you exactly what the title says, how the states got their shape. And there's a lot of uh, – it, it delves into like water resources, which is very topical right now considering where we live, and, uh, and like uh, labor disputes and territory wars and, uh, and transportation and, and things like that. It's a, nice, it's a nice little adventure for the mind. Uh, so how the states got their shapes, it's on Netflix. Uh, go watch it. Awesome. Thank you, Casey. Um, uh, John, do you want to throw one out there? Uh, does it have to be within a certain time period or anything? No, man. It, it can, can be. be it can be literally anything. <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, probably the town. That's probably my favorite all-time oh, movie. Nice. Um, for I guess for people that are still talking shit that have not gotten on board with Ben Affleck as Batman, <laughs> check this movie out. It's fucking awesome. All right. Yeah, that's it's that's definitely a good one. I can uh, I can second that one because it's a it's a pretty solid flick. And uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. 
Um, I'm going to uh, suggest one I actually mentioned earlier to John, uh, Veep on HBO. Uh, hilarious show, um, a good cast, uh, led by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, she is the uh, vice president, and it's just a comedy of airs every week. And I, I always put it this way. Uh, it's, it's, it's the office if the office could curse and, and go crazy uh, at them. At, I mean, they, they go crazy anyway, but, I mean, this just show just takes it a whole, to a whole new level. And it's uh, very uh, smartly written. Uh, everyone, like I said, the, everyone in the show is funny. Good, some good solid performances. Uh, so yeah, Veep is my pick for this week. Um, that is going to do it for our show. Hey, oh wait, what about Andy, me? Did you want to? Did you want to? <laughs> I totally I forgot, it's, Andy. It's not a classic movie, but it's a very good documentary for all, a lot of DC Comics fans. There's a good documentary that came out a few years, two years ago, something like that, called Necessary Evil, which oh, yes, is a documentary. Yeah, it's a very good piece of them. Um, Insight into the minds of DC villains. It's um, it's narrated by um, oh, who was it by? The guy that played Sabretooth, right? Or is that a different documentary? I think that's a different. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like you know, it features a lot of great people from DC, like uh, Jeff Johns, Andrew Kreisberg, Mark Guggenheim, and uh, a lot of great people from just from you know from the DC comics um company so uh you kind of it's it, it's a very good piece of documentary if you're a flash fan i do know there's a little bit of a rogues coverage and so i am um, and yeah no i am i would recommend that it's i I, know, I don't know if it's on netflix but you know it's a uh, it's on blu-ray and dvd and it, because it's been a, it's a it's a few year, years old now i it shouldn't be that expenses so i would recommend picking that up um because i think they do cover like some of the villains that we will be seeing some sometime soon on these dc tv shows especially Wendell, Wendell savage nice well thank you for that andy <clears throat> um I so was wrong. uh we're gonna go ahead and uh thank everyone for coming on today uh real quickly rose tell everyone everyone where they can find you at Okay, you can find me, uh, obviously my writing, my articles are on moviepilot.com. If you want to find my profile there, it's moviepilot.com forward slash Rosemore. I am also on Twitter for Rosemore Writes and Instagram for Rosemore as well. And the spelling for that is R-O-S-E-M-O-O-R-E. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, John. So our show Friday Night Fandom is on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And I'm also pretty much a part of all social media. We got we have Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. But if you wanna if you wanna really interact with us, I do a lot of stuff through Instagram. And it, everything, all you gotta do is just search Friday Night Fandom. Awesome, thanks, uh, Casey. Hey, uh, you can find my my words on Twitter as uninteresting as they may be. Occasionally, you can find my pictures on Instagram. Uh, oh, my Twitter's via blast, by the way. Yeah, that's that's important. Uh, my Instagram is Facey Cranko, and uh, my Snapchat is L Shades of Franco. So, uh, so go find me on there. Stalk me for all I care. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh yes, definitely stalk him. I think he gets free. <laughs> right, um, definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Andy. 
And you can find me on theflashpodcast.com. Um, even though the season is now over, we will, uh, we will be doing uh, a summer edition, sort of like a season 1.5, uh, which will be featuring me, my co-host Scott Murray, along with um, our West Coast correspondents and regular contributors, Lauren Galloway and um, Amy Marie, as well as some other people. Hopefully some of the... You know, some guys that like to stand on a scene and nerd out a lot. Uh, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Uh, um, and, um, yeah, flash, com, uh, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. We're all at Under the Flash Podcast. And we're also part of the DC TV Podcast Circle featuring tons of great podcasts for DC TV shows like Arrow with Quiver with the Greener Podcast, Gotham with Legends of Gotham, Supergirl with Supergirl Radio, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow with uh, the Legends of Tomorrow Podcast. And, of course, yours truly, The Flash with The Flash Podcast. So, um... Uh, even though uh, all of the shows has gone on um, hiatus on TV, I'm sure most of the podcasts will be up and running uh, during the summer. So you will have uh, some updates what's going on and all that. So, and you can follow me on my personal account at Andy Provides. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Andy, for that. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scene and Nerd, Instagram at Scene um, and Nerd. Uh, you can email us Scene Letter N Nerd at Gmail dot com. Uh, you can find me. At Pacing Pete on Twitter, Instagram, uh, follow us. We like to we like to interact with people about uh, all kinds of TV shows and movies. So, hit us up, drop us a line on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Um, that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Till next time, we'll see you next week. You have a DVR, use it. I gotta go throw Matt into a Lazarus pit real fast. So, uh, bye, 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 bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> I should surround myself with pillows so I sound a little bit more insulated. <laughs> it's really just an excuse for me to take a, a nap. But if anyone shows up, I'm going to tell them I'm just insulating myself. Nice. <laughs> it's sound design stuff you wouldn't understand. <laughs> now hand me that blanket and that sleeping mask. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind my sleep apnea machine. That's also <laughs> sound design you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man.